Good afternoon. 11. How's it going, Callum? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? How was your weekend? It was good. It was good. good. How was yours? Yeah, very good. Chilled. Yeah, same here. Um, pretty chilled out. Anyway, it's a new week. Um, or are we? Um, <laughs> uh, are we? I completely lost my train of thought, eh? Yeah, you're well. I'm well. We're all well. We've had good weekends. We're all well. Happy days. Um, yep. We are going to talk about non-negotiables today, aren't we? Yeah, I think it's a good um, a good topic to talk about, especially in the lead up to a new year. Yeah. And I can't believe, to be honest, where the year's gone and we're even discussing this right now. Yeah, it's frightening, but, isn't it? It's, uh, what is it, one more week and then the clocks go back? Something like that, yeah. And then we've got six months of darkness and cold to look forward to. <laughs> yep. Fun times, fun times ahead. <laughs> But what can we do? What can we do with our non-negotiables to help us navigate the darker days? And that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but also in terms of health, fitness, lifestyle, weight loss, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, do you want to lead it from here, Dave? Absolutely. Um, I think the first thing we'll need to do is is understand what our non-negotiables are. And non-negotiables are basically things that you have cast in stone, that these are these must happen in order for you to achieve your goals, be happy, be successful, all that sort of stuff. Um, and for most of our clients, most of our listeners, fat loss is a, is a, is a pretty key uh, goal for a lot of people. And in terms of that, Really, in my opinion, there's only one real non-negotiable with fat loss, and that is creating a sustainable calorie cal- a sustainable calorie deficit. Yeah. Um, because without that, nothing else happens. Everything else is details. It's ways to optimize your progress. It's ways to make things easier. But in order to actually see any progress, there has to be calorie deficit. You might be hitting your protein numbers, you might be getting all your sleep, you might be getting your training sessions in, you might be getting all your daily movement stuff done. But if you're not in a calorie deficit, then yes, you will make health improvements, but you're not going to see a fat loss um, goal happen. Okay, so we have to establish that you have to find a sustainable way to create a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. So that kind of is is the the umbrella over which or which covers everything else. You know, everything else is just pillars holding up the corners of the umbrella, if you like, or a gazebo. The calorie deficit gazebo. There we go. The calorie. What was that again? The calorie what? The calorie deficit gazebo. The gazebo. Uh, I didn't. You're the gazebo part. Oh, right. Okay. The corners are held up by by other things, but you know, if you don't have that coverall, then you're not going to see any progress. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think now these are these are just open open conversations and open topics, and you know, everybody's everybody's got an opinion and entitled to their their own opinion. And you know, what Davis said there with regards to 
if your primary goal is to solely lose weight and body fat, then yes, a calorie deficit is kind of the priority. That's the number one priority. But the way I go about coaching is very, again, similar, similar to Dave, like we've spoken about before, but in my opinion, the weight loss is the byproduct of living a happier, healthier, sustainable life. And yes, if the client wants to lose weight, then naturally I would put them in a maintenance or a deficit, depending on where they're at right now. But I, to begin with, would prefer, and I'm sure the client would as well, to consider other aspects of what we, what I would class as non-negotiables in terms of more time outside. And I know you, I know you touched on it, um, more time outside, so therefore more movement, more sunlight, um, helps reduce stress, more hydration. Um, but these are all things that will complement the fat loss, but will not be the sole factor of that individual losing fat or losing weight. It has to be the calorie deficit. Yeah. So I think um, non-negotiables are key and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this and we'll speak about this as well. Um, but out with uh, an individual wanting to lose stubborn body fat or stubborn weight, what would the other non-negotiables be in your eyes that you would set clients up with or even yourself up with? We can, we can split this and go both ways. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I think regardless of the goal, I think really probably four things come to mind. Mm-hmm. So in no particular order, because, like, depending on where the client is or where I am, one or another one of these might take precedence. One of these might be the focus first, okay? But so in no particular order... Getting enough sleep, because that makes everything easier. Getting enough daily movement. Ideally, getting outside for, like the minimum that I set clients is getting outside for 20 to 30 minutes per day. Ideally, early in the morning, but you get some natural light, you get some fresh air, you get a bit of daily movement, and it starts the day off pretty well, because pretty much everybody says they feel more energized after doing that. So sleep, daily movement, outside. Um, getting enough protein because that's one area where most clients are deficient Uh, or not deficient but not far enough below a reasonable intake for it to make a difference okay and then getting at least two to three training sessions in per week um, ideally so do you want to take each one of those and we'll break it down or, or how does that compare with what you guys what you do for your guys yeah, and I think it's I think it's much and such the same. I definitely factor in sleep. I factor in hydration. Um, probably in that top four, and I would probably include the fifth would be the training sessions. Now, the training sessions for me is the the cherry on top of those four pillars that I would class that hold the gazebo up. Um, but yeah, we let's let's go through it. So, with regards to sleep, why is why is sleep a non-negotiable? Why do you set clients that? Well, um, looking at it from 
fat loss perspective first, and then from a performance and training perspective second. So if they're looking for some other kind of training outcome, yeah. from fat loss, if you don't have enough sleep consistently, and you'll know this if you've had one bad night of sleep, okay, but if you can imagine multiplying this over weeks and months, if you have bad night's sleep, you feel hungrier, so your hunger hormones increase, your satiety hormones decrease, so you feel less satisfied with the foods that you eat. You are more likely to reach for hyperpalatable, high fat, high carb foods to give you a quick burst of energy. You're more likely to reach for caffeine, which is going to further impact sleep. And then you get into this vicious cycle of not sleeping enough, needing more caffeine to keep you going, eating more high calorie foods, feeling less satisfied from them, and the cycle continues. So starting to improve your sleep, it doesn't have to be a massive improvement initially, it can be 15 minutes extra, then an extra 15 minutes on top of that, slowly starting to build a better routine. You start to turn all those things around. So you feel less hungry, you feel more satisfied, you're less dependent on caffeine, although you might still drink lots of coffee because you really like it. Um, and you're going to make better decisions around food choices. If we take it from a training performance side of things, reduce sleep, uh, increases your risk of injury. It decreases your ability to recover between sessions. It decreases your performance within those sessions so that your training outcomes are far below what they might be with an extra hour, hour and a half of sleep per day. So that's just looking at purely a, a performance and body composition goal. You could further expand on that into health outcomes. There's an increased causation or correlation between decreased sleep, increased heart disease, cognitive de 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 decline, um, liver issues, cancer issues, all of these sorts of things. Immunity gets suppressed. So you're opening yourself up to a lot more disease. So that will further impact performance and body composition. Um, so literally everything is impacted by sleep. So it has to be a focus for a lot of people. I think that's a relatively comprehensive answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think if, um, if you've not grasped the importance of sleep based on that answer, um, I would suggest rewinding and absorbing that back in because I think what Dave said there, he hit on every single factor, whether that's actual weight loss, performance, and lifestyle. And again, sleep is something that I'm not going to even try and top that with my input, but it's something that I get my clients to start prioritizing or at least be more aware of to begin with. Because let's face it, building up any kind of new habit, new routine is going to take a bit of trial and error. It's going to take a little bit of guesswork along the way. So it's not a case of you need to do this straight away. It's building yourself up, exposing yourself to new habits, new routines that is going to enable you to understand and see the benefits of it. Yes, we all know after a few nights of kind of solid sleep or even a decent night's sleep for one night, you feel a completely different person. Now, that's just one night's sleep. Imagine linking three, four, five, six or multiple nights sleep where you sleep solidly like that. Now, it's going to be difficult depending where you are in your life. 
um, whether you have um, children of certain ages, newborns, teenagers, etc. But and obviously work stress as well, which we'll, we'll come into too. But sleep is so underrated as a tool that I feel like a lot of personal trainers overlook in terms of an individual's fat loss. Yes, they can be doing the program. Yes, they can be doing hit training and strength and conditioning, et cetera, et cetera. But the body is very, very smart. It holds on to what it needs to hold on to, to survive. Now, if you're depleting it of sleep, then where is it going to get its energy from? What's well, going to hold on to those fat stores? It's going to hold on and allow you to go and access more highly palatable foods for you just to get some energy into the body so you can function on a daily basis. Yeah. It's so important. And um, I think that's an extremely good non-negotiable for anybody to implement into their day. And we can talk about evening routines and night morning routines in a different podcast. But I think for now, sleep definitely is within that uh, top four, top five spot. So yeah, nicely, uh, nicely put. Nicely said. Um, with regards to daily movement, um, I think that's another important one to put in. We have discussed it before multiple times of what daily movement is. And a lot of people think it's prescribed exercise. And I want to basically just squash that because daily movement is just something that you're doing daily, moving <laughs> around. It's not, you're not having to force yourself to do it or you shouldn't have to force yourself to do it because at the end of the day, we're, we're not sedentary individuals. We need to get up and move. So you've spoken about it in the past where, you know, getting some early daylight exposure into your, into your life. So morning walks probably going to be a little bit hard at the time of this recording in October coming into November where it's not as bright as it has been in the summer, but still outdoors, it's still moving around. Mm -hmm. And it is so important just to kind of get that clarity and get that disassociation from the office, from the workspace in your home and even just by yourself away from the family just so you can have some you time and that will actually pay massive amount of dividends into your overall result not only because you're moving more you're creating a, a greater calorie expenditure than you would normally and it's also increasing your step count which again is not prescribed exercise it's just something that you know you should try and add into your day and um, but all these little factors of daily movement massively help an individual going forward to try and achieve a successful um, weight loss transformation or a reduction in stubborn body fat. Even from like a health and recovery standpoint, you know, yep. more daily movement gets blood pumping, gets some fresh air into your lungs, um, helps with recovery, um, stress management, all of these things that kind of play into your overall goals. So, yeah. yeah. Definitely. One of the things I found, especially um, in uh, June, July, July, I think it was, um, I cycled from the East Coast to the West Coast um, with, a, with a friend to raise money for a local charity up in Aberdeen called, I'll name drop, Fighting for Sight. And um, one of the things that I noticed on day two of the cycle, it took us two days to cross the country, by just going out for a walk in the pouring rain, it was the last thing I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I knew that active recovery was going to benefit me more than what I wanted to do was just lay horizontal in bed and watch TV. Yeah. Because the blood was pumping, just like you said. So it kind of it was flushing. It was um, 
you know, muscles were being activated in a different way from sitting on a saddle. So the actual stiffness that occurred two to three days afterwards that you may potentially think that I would have got actually was a lot less than I thought it would be because I made sure I was doing some form of daily movement, whether it was a basic yoga flow two days later, just do something else. But yeah, it made such a difference. And, you know, that was kind of the real first like ultra endurance event I did that would really benefit from the recovery of that. But you don't have to be an endurance athlete. No, but if you just did, sorry. No, I was just saying you don't have to be an endurance athlete to do that. Just any sort of level, just after you've done some form of workout or even prior to that, just some sort of movement within the day, like we've said, is going to help massively with blood flow and um, mental clarity. Yeah. But, you know, like you say, you don't have to be sitting on a bike for two days for that to be a benefit. Think about what you're doing every day at work. You're sitting down in a seated posture where your hips are flexed, your knees are flexed, you're probably rounded out through your back. When you go out for a walk, you reverse all of those things. Yeah. Similarly to you being on the bike, you're doing exactly the opposite posture when you go out for a walk. So it's, it's going to benefit you in multiple ways. Yeah, and gravity is a fascinating thing as well. It's such a great tool because even though, you know, we, can, we can't compare sitting on a, well, we can actually compare sitting on an office chair to a bike because your hips are flexed, your knees are, your knees are uh, bent, your back is in a very, everything's in a very similar position. Yeah. Um, so when you're actually out for a walk, yeah, your body does change position and gravity is actually um, working in your favor by, by helping you out to yeah. be in a completely different position from what you've been used to for eight hours of the day. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's just doing something different because quite often, you know, if, especially if you're commuting into work, you're going to be sitting on that commute. If you're on the bus or in the car, you're sitting at work, you commute home, sitting again, you come home, what do you do? Yeah, have some dinner watch some tv you're doing the same thing all the time we're not designed to sit all the time you know we have to get up and move yeah but i think when you highlight when you highlight that as well dave um people just think oh it's you know i'm not sitting at the office but when you do highlight the commute the bus the car the sitting at the office the commute home the sit down to relax watch eating your dinner watching tv you're actually sitting for 12 at least 13 hours potentially of the day yeah yeah and you're asleep seven so kind of work out how many you got left you've only got three hours of actual movement so you're yes doing yourself over <laughs> exactly exactly uh right on to the next one protein training or yeah hydration oh we can we can talk about all three if we uh if we have the time um bang through them why don't cool. i take Training. Smash it. Go for it. Lift heavy things. Live longer. Live better. <laughs> Next. <laughs> lift heavy things. Full stop. Hang up. See you later. Yep. Mic drop. Um, how many, no, how, but, lift, how many times a week do you lift heavy things? Um, as many as you can recover from and can fit into within your lifestyle. Like, you know, I've, I've had clients that do one session a week. And uh -huh. it, it might be enough to maintain some muscle mass. Um, it might be enough if they're really new at a training regimen to see a bit of a strength improvement. But it, I, I really think you need to have a minimum of two sessions per week to accumulate enough volume. Um, 
I have had clients who wanted to lift five days a week. Mm-hmm. And if they can recover from it and we're not seeing any drop off in performance in their lifestyle allows it, then so be it. But as a minimum, I would say two sessions a week. Um, and the main goal with training isn't fat loss. The, the main goal of training is building a more resilient body. That I, th- that I think is, is what the main goal is. Now, you could focus that in a particular route via strength, via uh, muscle gain, via sports performance. Um, but ultimately, all of us want to be in as good condition as we can for as long as we can with as much muscle mass as we can. Because eventually you're going to slow down and muscle mass is going to disappear and you want to hold that off as long as possible. Um, From a body composition standpoint, even if you maintain weight, but add some muscle mass, by definition, you must have lost some body fat. Therefore, your body fat percentage has dropped and your body shape is going to be significantly different. If you are stronger and more resilient, you can handle your day-to-day activities better. You are more likely to be pain-free. You're more likely to be able to just handle whatever comes your way. Um, And you you can structure training any way you want, depending on what your preferences are. But that, I think, is the ultimate goal. And you need at least two sessions a week to be able to do that. Yeah, and it's not just it's not just the kind of the, the weight loss standpoint, like you were saying. It's it's everything that lifting heavy things build for your your lifestyle, your personality. I mean lifting lifting weights doesn't when we say lift heavy things, it's not kind of double, triple your body weight. It's just heavier than what you're used to. Yeah, yeah. And right. that varies for everybody, like of course. But it's um it's empowering, right? It's empowering to lift heavy things. So if you if you have that sense of empowerment, if you have that sense of increasing confidence, if you have that sense of um body awareness, because it's not just a case of lifting stuff up, we have to do it safely as well. Yeah. Like those three things have a huge positive effect yeah. on your lifestyle. And they carry over to every other aspect, don't they? Massively. So so that's kind of where. I would kind of rewind to the very start of this podcast by saying um, your aesthetics are the byproduct mm-hmm. of, of living a happy, healthier lifestyle because mm-hmm. the happiness factor and the lifestyle factor that comes from empowerment, that comes from increasing self-confidence, increasing energy of everything we've just talked about. Yeah. I also think that training becomes uh, what do they call it? A, co- a keystone habit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like domino effect. You start training, so you start to see improvements. So you're like, right, I'm actually starting to get quite good at this. What can I do to make it better? Well, I know I've got a training session tomorrow. I'm going to get to bed early tonight. You know, I know that I've got a training session coming up this afternoon, so I'm going to have a good breakfast, get some protein in, get a decent amount of carbs in. Um, I'm going to make sure I'm hydrated, um, all of that sort of stuff. So it actually kind of interlinks quite well with a lot of other areas. Um, at least it does for a lot of people. Some people still see the gym as a grind, something that they have to do um, for whatever reason. Um, therefore, that doesn't that keystone effect doesn't always happen, but it is a huge uh, a huge thing for a lot of people. Yeah, and even if it doesn't happen straight away, um, 
it, it may never happen, mm-hmm. but it's still it's still in your mind um, when we go to the gym, even though uh, I might not like this session or I might not like this program at the moment, but it still will rub off, right? It yeah. still will have an impact. Yeah. There's always going to be some positive outcome. I've never had anybody who's trained at least reasonably frequently for a month or more who said, oh, you know what? really not getting this it's i'm not seeing any positive benefit at all like everybody has a positive benefit everybody sees some kind of positive carryover into some other area of their life yeah and i think just with that saying there you've never had any, you've never seen or had anybody that's um fun and negative is a good way to spin on it by saying i've actually and i'm sure you have as well never had anybody to complain from being on a higher protein diet no no in fact it's one of those things that it's, it's one of the early changes that I make for clients yeah. because it has the biggest impact in terms of nutrition, overall nutrition for most clients. Yeah. And it's just, it's just a simple, a simple re- a framework. Basically mm-hmm. you're by increasing the amount of protein that you're taking in your diet, naturally you're going to decrease other aspects of macronutrients that you're consuming. Yeah, without even tracking or being really physically aware of it. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things you've probably seen as, as often as I have. Most clients don't get enough protein in their diet, in their breakfast. Early yeah, in the that's a big one. And they almost inevitably have some kind of carby snack mid-morning. Yeah, you're getting clients to move into some kind of protein intake in the morning, whether that's a shake, whether that is some Greek yogurt or, you know, a steak for breakfast. Right? I won't be invited for that. So I'm not hungry till lunchtime now. I no longer have a snack. So you've made one tiny change and you've reduced total calories by 300, 400 calories because you've yeah. taken that mid-morning snack away. Um, And that's come off their own back. They realize that they're not hungry and it becomes a a fundamental habit that they then carry on. Definitely. And it doesn't, you know, eggs, scrambled eggs, fantastic one. Super super easy, high in protein, high in fat, low in carbs. Keeps you feeling full for a lot longer, which is is the key thing from a a fat loss perspective. Um, Other benefits of increasing protein intake um well apart from apart from what we've just mentioned it also allows you to recover from exercise quicker as well and when when we talk about protein allowing you to recover from exercise faster what it actually does it repairs those muscle fibers that have been micro torn through resistance training yeah so what people what people don't may not understand is every time you lift something heavy on repetition, what it's actually doing, let's talk about bicep curl because everybody can relate to that. Every time you flex and extend and contract, flex, extend and contract. You wouldn't think, wow, that's that's, that's a lot of movements. (laughs) Two out of the three of those are the same thing. Yeah. I'll let let the listeners uh, figure that one out. Every time, every time that happens, you, your, your biceps going through trauma and the trauma is a tear in the muscle fibers. So, so small that, you know, we're not affected by it. 
Uh, but the protein comes in and helps um, repair that. And almost the way I kind of put this down as an analogy is building a brick wall. The micro tears are a new brick being added. The protein covers the cement, covers the bricks with cement, right? So go again, cover it with cement. And that's how muscle grows, essentially. And um, that's what protein is fantastic for. It can take a little bit longer if you have a low, if you are in a, um, a protein deficit, it can take a little bit longer to feel the benefits of strength training because you do feel fatigued for longer. You may not recover as fast as you would if you were on a high protein diet. And at the end of the day, you've also got the, the thermal effect of protein as well, which again, a lot of people um, may not be aware of. And um, protein, the reason you feel it for longer is because protein takes a longer time to break down than the rest of the macronutrients, but also requires more energy to do so yep. as well. So you actually increase the amount of calories you burn just by changing your diet. Exactly. I mean, if that doesn't make sense, you probably are not going to change ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? It's one of those things that you know most people have never even considered the calorie cost of digesting and eating your food um you know if, if let's go look at this spectrum if you've got like sugar at one end or what else fat's fairly easy to break down yeah. your body breaks that down really easy there's a very low energy demand for that breakdown to happen because it's almost in its basic form anyway yeah. if you go to something at the other end protein um high fiber foods that take a lot longer a lot more effort to break down there has to be a more calorie uh, or higher calorie demand for that to happen so you know every food that you have is within that range somewhere yes yeah. except sweet corn sweet corn doesn't seem to ever break down it goes right. in and comes out the same way <laughs> just poop it out <laughs> yeah, it's one of these foods that is like a magical mystery tour. I'd love to just follow a bit of corn going from the plate out the other end, just yep. to kind of see what adventure goes on, because it always looks the same. I don't think anybody ever chews corn. Do you think? Do you think that's why it comes out? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think if you chew it, or maybe it just grows back together again. Maybe it's like, um, what was the Terminator in Terminator 2? T-1000. Pulls itself okay. back together. Comes yeah. out of it. It's the terminator of foods. There we go. There we go. Corn, the corn. terminator of foods. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I think that you know protein is is often overlooked. And it always like what we've spoken about so far seems super simple. And it is. It's just mm -hmm. about being aware of it and making those changes. Yeah. Um I think the, the last one we both want to kind of discuss is the benefits of hydration. Mm -hmm. um, now, I get all my clients, regardless of who they are, where they are, what they're doing, to instantly start consuming more fluid. Why? Because at the end of the day, how much is your body made out of water? It's about, what, 60%? 70%? Yeah, pretty high. Pretty high. Just purely of water. Yep. So... If you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to lose fat and you're constantly dehydrated, and the easiest way to find out if you're dehydrated or not is to literally look at the color of your urine. 
If it's bright yellow, orange, yeah, you're super dehydrated. If it's clear and you can see straight through it, then you're hydrated. But your body's trying to hold on to water because you're chronically dehydrated. Mm. So you're not going to see the benefit of the rest of the things that you have done or you're trying to implement with these non-negotiables because of dehydration. You're going to get headaches. You're going to feel stressed. You're not going to be able to sleep. You're going to get cramps. You're, all these things affect from hydration. And it's, it is, in my opinion, the easiest one to change in somebody's day-to-day. Yeah, because it Rick. doesn't have to be just water that you drink. No, teas, coffees. But the thing is, right, the thing that always baffles me is I will say to a client, can you drink between two to three litres roughly of fluids a day? And you can work out based on their weight to give them the exact, but we don't need to do that for this. Um, and they'll be like, oh, I find it a bit difficult, I find it a bit hard. Okay, cool. How many pints did you have at the weekend? <laughs> How many glasses of wine did you have at the weekend? How many coffees you know? did you have in a day? exactly how many coffees do you have in a day if you have three coffees you know it's sick (laughs) you know it's easy to sub out one i think the thing is is like all of those things count now obviously calories come into play right so obviously we're looking at as he takes a drink of water um lower (laughs) or zero calorie fluids right because you don't want to basically waste calories on fluids right because you don't feel full after it um, and there, there's a surprising number of calories in, in drinks. But anyway, a lot of people don't look at teas and coffees or juices or, you know, even a pint, you know, the weekend or whatever as fluid yeah. as part of their hydration. But all of those things, 95% of it is water. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, there's other stuff in there to make it more interesting but it's mostly water. So it does count towards your hydration. You just have to be smart with your choices. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I think a lot of people, when you think, oh, I've got to get two or three liters again, that's two or three liters of water plus all the other stuff that I drink. And that's not the case. It's two or three liters in total. Yeah. You have a couple of pieces of fruit. You have like, you know, half a watermelon or a quarter of a watermelon. There's probably half a liter of, of liquid right there. And fiber. And fiber <laughs> and tastiness. Um, so it's thinking about where you're getting your hydration from and incorporating it into your day and trying to make the majority of it zero calorie. Where you can. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, it's, um, you know, empty calories is what, you know, high calorie drinks are essentially called, but yeah. um, making, make, Making the sub from taking a latte to a long black or a latte to a flat white to a long black mm-hmm. or even just an Americano with a splash of milk where you have control over the amount of milk that's going in. Mm-hmm. That is already making a conscious effort to, to change that. You're still getting the benefit of the caffeine, which is probably why you're going for the coffee. You're still enjoying the taste of it, yeah. but just in a different form. And yeah. it's, again, an easy, easy switch out. Diet Cokes, you know, exactly everything. You can still have the soda equivalent, full-fat Coke to Diet Coke. Yeah. Still get the Coke and taste, but it's zero calorie. So it's just, it's just as you said, Dave, it's just about making those uh, choices, isn't it, really? Yeah. And it's, it's building awareness of what you're having and 
looking for ways to improve it. Here's yeah. an interesting point, slight um, detour, if you like. Why do people call it low-fat Coke? Yeah, just when I said that. Yeah. Mm. But it's like, everybody calls it that. Everybody calls it low-fat Coke. Low-fat Coke. No, I think it's... um, No, it's sugar. It's not fat. It's just a common misnomer, isn't it? Anyway, back to the podcast. What a word. What a word to finish up on. A common misnomer. Misnomer, yeah. I don't know if it's the right word, but it's a word. Oh, that's a word I've never heard of. So that's, I, 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 people will believe it. There you go. Exactly. Uh, that's what these podcasts are all about. We've just been spouting a lot of rubbish for the last five minutes. <laughs> uh, right. So we've covered fat loss. We've covered sleep. We've covered movement. We've covered protein. We've covered training. We've covered hydration. The yeah. one point I wanted to add on to the hydration one is how often are your hunger signals actually thirst signals? Here he is. There you go. Well, that was something to think about. Because quite often those two things can be uh, confused. Um, and often when you reach for a snack thinking you're hungry, you're actually thirsty. So I think it's why a lot of people suggest you know, maybe have a little glass of water before you have a snack. Because chances are you're dealing with the actual source of the, the signaling. Yeah. Um, and you're kind of benefiting in a couple of ways there. So anyway, moving on to that. We're talking about non-negotiables. What about personal non-negotiables? Like, how do you deal with those for clients? Like, if we've got someone coming to us saying, I want to lose body fat. I want to feel better. I want to move better. I want to improve my health and my fitness and all the rest of it. But you know what? On Friday night, I always have pizza with the family. And I am not willing to give up pizza. And don't even come at me with a cauliflower pizza base because that's just nonsense. Um, and I don't want a tortilla pizza. I just want pizza. Right. Do we have to give that up? Do we? How do we accommodate that within the whole framework? Accommodate it. Mm. That's it. You accommodate it. You don't don't give it up. And. The reason I'm saying that is because as soon as you give up something that you enjoy that brings the family together or brings happiness to yourself, you're not going to stick with it. Yep. So what I would say is if you have pizza night every Friday night, go and enjoy it. Not an issue. Not an issue to me whatsoever. How you go about managing it can be a case of, okay, I might just you know cut back on a few snacks throughout the week. I'm going to just cut back on a few sugary items. You know, if you're if you are tracking, that's an easy way to do it. Calorie banking is is a super easy and effective way to bank calories for weekends and nights out. Yeah, and but, we talked uh, about that in depth in one of the previous episodes. So if you're not sure about calorie banking, go back to I think it's episode four, episode five, four or five. Check that episode out. But um, yeah, don't don't eliminate anything that you don't want to eliminate. Take it and take it in the, the classic phrase, take it in moderation. But, you know, I think it does super applicable for that because just like I've said, do not eliminate. If you eliminate, you will sacrifice the enjoyment of ultimately what you're trying to do. And we're not trying to, we're trying to create an improved lifestyles here, not sacrifice our lifestyle just for an aesthetic look. 
Yeah. And I think you touched on it in, in what you said there. It's, it's not cutting it out. You might have to cut back on some things. Like, because if, you're, if you don't want to cut out anything that you're doing now, you're yeah. not going to change. You have to be willing to make trade-offs. So it might be that instead of having pizza Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, you have pizza on Friday night. Um, yeah. Instead of having a donut every day, you maybe have a donut a couple of times a week. You know, it's it's not cutting these things out. It's it's still enjoying them, but in a little bit more moderate um, an approach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there has to be change. There has to be trade-offs. Like you're not going to see change if you don't change anything. Like you have to be willing to make some trade-offs, but you can still accommodate a lot of the things that you enjoy within that approach, um, just in a more moderate uh, a way. Yeah, totally. One way of thinking about it is like you're saving for a holiday. Um, there's going to have to be trade-offs for you to be able to save the money for the holiday. Yeah. But what I would say would be you're not going to if you go get coffee every single day as a takeaway, you're not going to trade that off. You're going, what you're going, well, you are, but what you're going to do is probably cut back rather than have coffee out five days a week, have coffee out three days a week. Yeah. And those small incremental changes throughout the weeks and the months will actually gradually build up. So you're still enjoying the fact that you're going out for coffee or pizza in this um, conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're just making changes that accommodate your overall goal. And fat loss and saving for a holiday are very similar things. Very, very similar. Yeah. Yeah. But I think um, um, we have covered a load in that. Yes, we have. And I know that you've got something coming up at half one. Yeah. So we're going to wrap it up there. <laughs> um, hope you've enjoyed the episode, guys. I hope there's been some useful stuff in there. Uh, in fact, I know there has. I don't hope for it. I know that there's been useful stuff in there. Um, as always, if you have any questions, any comments, um, the links to both Callum and I, social media, email, websites, all that stuff's in the show notes. Um, leave a rating, leave a review, share it on social media, all that sort of stuff. Um, and we'll be back next week. Yeah, the ratings and the reviews, guys, are important. Uh, the more people that rate and review five stars, the higher it gets pushed up in the podcast listings and the more people that we'll be able to help. So if you are listening to this, and you haven't left the review just yet, please leave a review for this episode. If yeah. you've enjoyed it. Yeah, it'll take you two minutes and you'll have our eternal gratitude and thanks. That's all anybody can ever ask for. Exactly. All right, take it easy, guys. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. <laughs>